0: What's up, and welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller.
1: Tim, whatever happened uh, to the um, woman who did the overly attached girlfriend meme? I know she she like tried to parlay it into other stuff, too. Did that, yeah. did she, that ever work out?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it worked out pretty well for her. She had a very successful YouTube channel. I haven't seen her for a while, but I imagine she's still kicking. Probably, probably has she, approximately, like, 10 to 20 times the subscribers
1: we do, so... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm sure no, we just need out. to be both our channels combined. You know, right. I'm gonna look into it. You get you introduce the other people. She probably yeah.
2: into like activism, I believe. So she's doing she's doing great stuff over there. She's, she's doing, doing real
0: good stuff. Yeah. Of course, we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez.
2: Pleasure to be here, Tim. Really glad I, I, to talk about video games.
0: For a second, I thought your hoodie strings were like beads. <laughs> I was like, oh that's no, a weird, I, no, that's I a weird choice, puka, Andy.
2: I don't have a puka shell or anything yeah. like that. No. I mean, yeah. you think like you would with that mustache
0: of yours? Fancy, <laughs> I don't notice the mustache. Honestly, it doesn't really look do. that. Uh, it's it doesn't look that me. different. It looks like Andy. Well, well, I mean, once this
2: starts to come in like natural, it'll be fine. But yeah, I shade the mustache for charity.
1: It looks um, great. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank
2: you, thank you, Greg. I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of it to grow in. Because what is a typical
3: look- like beard growth period for you?
2: A typical beard growth period for me, um, I say probably. Uh, five to oh five to seven days from now it'll be back to normal
3: mm. Mm.
2: it grows back slow i feel it grows back pretty slow
1: uh real quick to close it to uh lena here has 1.227 million subscribers on youtube her. Yeah. Lena, her last video was a year ago called i'm breaking up with you It's it said it as my last video so it's so 50, wow. no that's, i was gonna say it's, it's 15 seconds long that's the howie long ad beforehand sorry I'll get back to you with how long this Thank video is. because yeah, yeah, it's not please long, please do. I'd like to, I'm going to mute you guys and find out what happened. Doing exhaustive <laughs> research over there. Exactly. Come on, exactly. It guys. Man. While
0: you do that, Greg, while Greg is on it, I would like to introduce the former informer, Imran, the Don Khan. Woo!
3: Hi. Hello. It's good to be, it's good to like, you know, when you go back to somewhere you used to live and be like, yeah, no, everything's exactly the same. I'm just going like, to kick my feet up. But you don't live there anymore, so you got to be like a little bit more polite. That's, yeah. it. That's right now. That's yeah.
0: it. You don't got to be more polite. <laughs> we just gave you shit for changing your camera angle just a little bit. So it's like, yeah. what the fuck do you think are? You are a
1: big shot. <laughs> I told I mean, you not- you wouldn't last two weeks there, Imran. I'm glad you're back.
3: That's how you get to 2 million subscribers is you change your camera angle often so nobody knows what to expect mm. oh, lena has it right even though i've not looked at her channel at all so i have no idea if this theory passes
0: yeah. yeah yeah that you know what they say consistency is not key that's, yeah. that's, verified, that's verified on that's, instagram guys surprise everyone oh yeah Imran how I how have you been how has I've the last been... couple of weeks been for you with a new fancy job
3: I've been good. I've been spending every day way more exhausted than I thought because I've not worked really for like a year and a half. So it's that muscle of like, oh shit, people actually do stuff during the day. I can't just sit around and like watch whatever. I was watching Burn Notice before the job started. (laughs) I can't just watch Burn Notice all day. I got to like actually do stuff and then like, I don't know what to do with the rest of my day. So it's like, oh, I guess I'll just, you know, lay in bed and Think about video games or read about video games in a way that does not involve me actually working on these things. I
4: don't think there's
2: a better show you could have named. I never <laughs> could have notice. gone along more with like, you know, working part time, but also like mostly waste unemployed. Like watching Burn yes. Notice is the perfect thing you could have said.
0: Uh, it really is. We love to waste our time here. On the kind of funny games cast that you can watch for free on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny games or RoosterTeeth.com, you can also get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for "Kind of Funny Games Cast" and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free, live as we record it, and with the exclusive post-show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games. Just like our Patreon producers did, the nanobiologist Tyler Ross, Joy Joseph Oyuse, Trent mm-hmm. Barry, Mizuki. Man Bear Paradox, Julian, The Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Sancho West Gaming, James Hastings, Elliot, and Casey Kern. Thank you. A new round of Patreon producers for the month of March. We appreciate you all very, very much. Um, Like I was saying, you can watch the show on YouTube and all that stuff, or you can get the show on Patreon. But if you don't want to do any of that, it doesn't matter. You're right here now, and we're going to get to it. This show is brought to you by Freshly. We'll talk about that later. Greg Miller, I want to hear about It Takes Two
1: oh hey everybody I played it takes two with the one and only Lucy James from GameSpot because we live together and when they sent the invite they were like hey we realize COVID sucks if you can play local that'd be great and so my plan is to play through the uh, obviously final version of the game with Jen uh, but Lucy and I can make content about it and that's why we did that and I'm on uh, our channel and we're over on GameSpot as well Uh, I had high expectations for this one high hopes for this one even uh, based on the fact that uh, I really like uh, Hazelite and what they've done. Uh, you know, I like, uh, Joseph Ferris. I like him when the fuck the Oscars and I like his energy and I like that he's an unabashedly excited game developer who's excited to make games and get out there and do stuff. Uh, you know, I played a way out with Kevin. We enjoyed it. I wasn't blown away by it. Back in the day, uh, I played brothers, uh, I think, for, you know, for IGN and game of the year kind of stuff. And so I've watched, uh, you know, everything they're doing over there. And I thought a way out had a really cool idea of making this local co op game and, uh, having people play through it and have the different ex- things and yada 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 so when it takes two got announced or whatever and obviously a cool trailer cool song and you start looking into it it seemed like they were doing more but to take the demo uh they started off you know with a presentation and talked a lot about how what this the is fuck a- is
0: this game what are we looking at right now do you not remember Sorry, you me not me looked run- into it before no I, I have but like i didn't know that there was squirrels shooting bees <laughs> <laughs> this is okay,
1: so, so in the demo the thing they talked about was that this is a romantic comedy and it's crazy that nobody makes romantic comedy video games which immediately i was like well they don't do that because comedy is really hard to pull off in games right because comedy is yes. all about what Imran, timing uh, timing i i asked Imran, please all right maybe uh, when i, I ask for day you get to I, say something okay
3: i'm gonna i'm gonna call a friend um andy andy cortez can you pick up real quick
2: Ring-a-ding-ding, Andy. Hello. Hello. Hey, Andy.
3: So I'm on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I've just been asked a question by Greg Miller. What is comedy all about?
2: Timing.
1: You see the extra comedy. length there? Yeah, like yeah. The extra okay. I made it funnier. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. All right, I'm going to answer C, timing. That
1: is correct. Finally answered. Okay, Thank uh, you. Yeah, so... Uh, getting into it, though, yeah, the basis of this game, right, is the fact that you are a, you play as a husband and wife. Uh, you have decided to get a divorce. You told your child you were breaking up and getting divorced, and she goes and cries over two dolls she has made to represent both of you, and you both wake up as the dolls in this world where you have to work together to try to get back to your daughter to try to get back to your real life. That's uh, good as,
3: as kids. Huh? as yeah, it's grim. Like oh that yeah, is a, no, it's totally a, grim. Yeah, grim. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's that thing where they do it in a way like a romantic comedy movie would, where you don't really, you don't feel that. Like from the moment you wake, they both characters wake up in these doll bodies, right? They're like, Oh my God, what is going, they understand the absurdity of what's happening. But once they meet the book, we've seen running around in the trailers and in the, there's a first impressions up of me and Lucy actually with our, uh, let's play 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 uh, attached to it. Uh, the rules are set up pretty quick of what the, you know, the books there. And he, he's the love doctor and he's going to solve their problem and fix their relationship and make them realize what's going on kind of thing. And so you go th- and play through the game with a number of different co-op things. And, you know, what me from the presentation uh, again, as uh, Joseph was running through and being uh, very animated and into it, was, you know, one of the things he brought up in his presentation was like replayability. And he's like, fuck replayability, <laughs> kind of like the Oscars, right? <laughs> Where he's like, Games just shove collectibles and shit in there when we know... And he had a stat of, like, you know, like, you look at games and, like, whatever it is, only 65% of people beat it or 65% don't beat it, whatever it was. He's like, we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to just put stuff in there to put stuff in there. He's like, every one of these levels is crafted to get something out of every moment, whether it be the visual, whether it be the joke, whether it be the music, whether it be what you're doing. And every one of the levels, he's like, you know, don't, not everyone, but most levels don't double back to using a mechanic you've had before. So like what, you know, the what rem- stands out from my playthrough when Lucy and I were playing was again, you've been shrunk down. So it's this weird mix of, uh, a rom-com like you've got mail but it's also honey i shrunk the kids but it's also got this magic tinge to it because you've you know woken up in these weird bodies and are doing all these Freaky things. friday yeah Freaky friday it feels like mario the the platforming and stuff like that as you go around or even more a uh, sack boy like that uh because you're going around adventuring but on top of you know the double jump that you'll have or the dash one of you has and the other doesn't like, oh nice these now we're m- talking <laughs> you get in these uh, these uh, scenarios where you need to use that mechanics, uh, that level's mechanics, right? And so, in the first thing we were running through, and we got you know the, introduced to the vacuum cleaner that I had put back. I, I, me, I was playing as the husband that I had broken, and that my wife had promised to fix. So we both had failed the vacuum cleaner, so the vacuum cleaner was mad at us, and then being our antagonist throughout the the level. And so as we run around and do the platforming, there were also sections of having to get sucked up the vacuum hose and then get shot across the way so the uh, one you know lucy would have to grab it aim it shoot me up there then i would help lucy get up there and we would work co-op that way through it uh later on um, the one that stands out to me was you know we needed to get this MacGuffin from the toolbox so that we could, you know, get back to try try to get closer to our daughter. Obviously, we keep getting separated. Uh, you know, Lucy picked up the hammer and I picked up three nails. And so, Lucy, I would throw the nails and embed them in the walls. Lucy would use the hammer then to swing from the nails and go. And like I had to be, you know, Johnny on the fly throwing the nails over and over again. Recall them. Yes. Andy Cortez from kindofluny.com. Are you, are you picking those roles on your own or is it? they're assigned they're assigned to to which one you play as so there is the uh, there is the concept here that you could go and replay the game and you know the second time around or you know when i pick it up this next time i could play as the mom and i would go through and do what lucy did which is drastic not drastically but different from what i was doing and different abilities from that and so it is you know one of the things joseph said in the presentation was like you know, this game isn't about jumping into it with a stranger on the internet. He's like, you could, but thats it's not a ping system. It's not point to this thing and highlight it. It is talking it out. And obviously that's what, you know, most I think people making multiplayer games say about their games or want to be their games. But it was awesome to be playing it locally with Lucy and having that moment of like, okay, hold on, hold on. Three, two, one, and then like I jump or she does the thing. And we, we're trying to work together to get over the thing. And then also solving a puzzle in tandem or, you know, oh, can you come to this for me? Yeah, hold on. I just got to get out of this very specific moment. Uh, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was well acted. Uh, I think it's really colorful. I think it's a blast to play. I think it's Hazelight's best work. And again, my oh. expectations and hype for it were high and they were met with this demo. So I can't wait for it at the end of the month.
3: Is like the minute-to-minute gameplay more interesting because, like, one of the issues I had with uh, Way Out was I'm sitting there with someone with me, and we're watching a cutscene together, and that's fine for like a minute, but more than a minute, it starts getting like this little awkward thing of like, are we both just watching this in silence? So, yeah. is like, what is the what is the cutscene to gameplay ratio basically? Gameplay
1: is, I mean? is you're doing more gameplay than you're watching. There are okay. cutscenes, but I think what works to its advantage is being a comedy where it isn't that you need to be dialed in. It is very much that. Because A Way Out was grounded in reality, you know, it becomes watching a movie. Whereas this one, it is, you know, we're talking about why we failed the vacuum and how we're going to have to then thrown into having to work against the vacuum. Then there's, you know, the boss fight against the vacuum. Then you get out of there and you work your way a little bit further. And suddenly now we're in the tree and we're confronted by, as Tim was looking at, the squirrel gang that lives in the tree that's been stealing our things and putting them in there. And they're at war with the beehive or the wasp nest that I didn't take out like I said I would. And like, there's... these varying escalating situations it is very much a it delivers on what he said in the presentation of you're going to be met with new opportunities and new gameplay mechanics and things that keep you engaged not so much that yeah you're going to pick up your phone because number one you want to be there for the joke and the story but number two you also want to understand okay wait what was happening because then the thing we saw there at the end right going against the bees you know i get a little uh thing that shoots uh i guess it's uh honey or something else that's explosive but some kind of sticky uh thing that's explosive and lucy had a matchstick gun right so it's like you have to work th- that way to explode it and then use the honey to weigh down different physics puzzles and mechanics andy cortez number one games journalist does there does it seem like you can play with somebody who doesn't really play video games and they would get it You know, that was a question that was raised this morning uh, on Kind of Funny Games Daily. We didn't get into it because we didn't do the preview on Games Daily. But Mm -hmm. one of the questions, I think it was from Juvenator wrote in and was like, yeah, could you do this with somebody who doesn't play games? And that's always hard to say, especially, you know, uh, me and Lucy playing so many games and knowing that right away. I would venture to guess yes. It's forgiving for sure. You know what I mean okay. as you go through and you fall to your death and like you come back and then you know when you are in a boss fight and you get knocked down there's a little mini game of you are going to respawn, but if you tap and it gets A or X or whatever it's going to be, uh, it'll fill in quicker and get you back in the game quicker. And so, like, there are, as long as your partner's still alive, it's not like you're going to reset the whole thing. So, there was this mechanic of getting you into it. And that kind of stuff doesn't happen until the end of the level. So, you have a chance to get a feel for it and go. I would think that, it, it, you know, from what we played early on, the platforming stuff of it and the p- problem solving wasn't, like, super gamer intense, right? It wasn't super uh, front-facing on the challenge that you're going to have to worry about it. I think it's forgiving enough that you could ease somebody in this to a-, a partner who doesn't play games.
0: The gameplay we saw there and what you were saying, it seems like the gameplay itself is really varied. There's, like, every moment you're doing something different. Is there consistency and quality among the gameplay styles?
1: Yeah, I, you mean in terms of, like, level to level? Mm -hmm. like what i'm doing yeah i thought there were the
0: things you were doing they're like oh this isn't really that great no
1: nothing overstayed it's welcome nothing and again this is for the record i think it's a two hour long demo maybe an hour and a half we played an hour of it and i did that thing which i think is the hallmark of a good game where i'm like let's stop i'm i i've seen enough i'm sold i want to play this full thing i don't want to keep ruining what i'm going to play at the end of the month kind of thing but no every one of the uh, things we went through i felt was like all right, cool. What's the challenge of this? What, what is the, what is the, you know, level mechanic here that we're going to get into and have to go figure out how long does it seem like it's going to be hard to say? I don't, they didn't give a full uh, rundown in the thing of like the number of different environments you're going to be. I don't think it's going to be outrageous. You know, me and Kevin beat a way out in one sitting. and I forget how many hours that was. I could do a quick Google or somebody else could. Uh, I think it's going to be on par with that in terms of you're going to go through, you're going to get this story. And then, you know, if you're going for, I guess, the platinum or just you want to get your money's worth out of it, doubling back and doing it again.
0: I'm really interested in what Joseph was saying about the the idea of the moment to moment gameplay mattering more than like collectibles and things like that. And even though there were definitely collectibles in it, I feel like Astro's Playroom did a really good job of that, of making every single thing that you're doing yeah. worth just doing that one time you're going through. And it didn't feel like you had to like worry about collecting things because it was they're always kind of on your path. Like does... What he said is it backed up by the game that you've played so far?
1: Yeah, from what I played, right. Like when I think of collectibles, right. Like I, you know, I, I don't know if we're talking about it today or not, but like over on PS, I love you XOXO. We we're trying to do a thing where we play heard of you know, a game. You've heard of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. youtubecom slash Uh Where we're trying to, you know, we started with Bloodborne of playing something together. We did Concrete Genie last month, and now we're going to do Ratchet and Clank uh, 2016 this month because of PlayStation Plus. And so I was playing it last night, and you know, it is that's the antithesis to this in so many ways right now granted there's a bit of metroidvania of get a new power and go there but it's also the thing of all right cool there's the objective i'm gonna 180 and go the other way and see what's over here and sometimes there's something and sometimes there's just a plant i smash for a couple bolts and that's fine i like to hear that like this feels like a curated tlc game where it is like everywhere i go there's a level of detail put into what you're doing it's not just something that's thrown down to be an environment like there's a they're doing. Not in the way you would think of Last of Us environmental storytelling, right? They're doing environmental storytelling of, you know, when we got introduced to the vacuum level and you're running through and all these vacuum hoses are there and you're having to deal with that stuff, that made sense. When we were out in the work shed, or the, the tool, tool shed workshop and, you know, we're going, uh, building up to fighting the uh, toolbox, right? It made sense. And like you narratively knew where you were in that house or that property and the same thing when you got into the tree like as we were making our way before we got conf- into the confrontation with the squirrels uh it made sense and you like you know what i mean wh- what was going on
2: you guys have any more questions for it takes no Two? more questions no more questions tim thank you so much no if
1: you're an audio mm-hmm. person and you weren't watching the footage we put up and you haven't seen anything about it i think it's just it's something to call it that they split the screen down the uh the vertical so it's a, a vertical split screen game no way to change that. not to my knowledge yeah. i'd like I mean, to add one more question <laughs> that was the one yeah, more question. That's why there. he's the best in the business. That's yeah, why he's the best, best in the, in the I guess this is a
3: this is a hard question to ask when you're just playing a demo. But forty bucks, it seems like on the upper end of this kind of game, do you think it's like probably going to be worth it or
1: great question. Uh obviously, I think, you know, 40 bucks is worth uh, what you think 40 bucks is worth. Mm. For um, what i played i'd be ready to punch that ticket and i but i also imagine that i'm gonna platinum it like i did way out so i would imagine i'm gonna get two playthroughs out of this which would probably be once through with jen and then if she doesn't really love it right playing with somebody else like hit up poe or something because there is also the uh i mean i'm not wrong about this right has anybody looked into this is this, this is one of the games with the past right that you can like Shared the it with trailer, free.
0: The the trailer ended with an asterisk and yeah, yeah. Friends, yeah, play, for friends free. play for free. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
1: think I think it's an asterisk because I think it's like a one time thing. So I think I would share that with Poe and play the opposite way or something like that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. To answer your question earlier, it looks like a way out is about six to eight hours, uh, and that was thirty dollars.
1: Yeah. So and I th- I don't think that that is lost on Hazelight or more importantly EA in terms of what actually it would cost. So I would be interested to see if they think this is a bigger game than a way out and if that's what it is i haven't seen uh previews and i know like uh, yeah yeah i haven't seen any previews attack uh, attack it head on yet in terms of the length of that and i don't think it was brought up in the q a section of the demo but yeah, it was is all done. like
3: know. the dumbest thing in the world i did not realize ea was publishing until you said that i just assumed for literally no reason besides the title that this is published by take two
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love that whenever you know uh one of the things I like, obviously, about Joseph Ferris is, again, like I say, he's uh, very vocal and doesn't hide his excitement. He also never in any interview, whether it was our demo or when he's on the stage during a uh, EA play, right, does he pull back on, I know a lot of people hate EA. They've been good to me. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. <laughs> 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 and it's always like, all right, it's cool. So it doesn't seem like they've gotten in the way of it. The when asterisk I made the-
4: set- really funny. Oh, sorry. Oh, the the-, the Astrid says at uh, the end of the trailer, it says, online co-op requires internet connection, EA account, and one online friend with It Takes Two on the same platform, and or next gen platform or friends pass. So, when go. I made
2: the thumbnail, I put in the subtitle, "Will Joseph Ferris owe us one thousand dollars?" And I Barrett don't... had no idea. Barrett I had no I was, like, idea what that, what that was meant, about. Because I
4: was like, what, what is this joke that I like went over my and, head?" And
2: it, yeah, it's definitely not a joke. Because on that day of Games Daily, the one that I was on two weeks ago. They mentioned that Joseph Harris said, "If you don't like this game, I will give you one thousand dollars, but you you have to be no." But the funniest thing was, he goes, "No, but you have to be honest. You can't lie to me and say, and like pretend you didn't like it. You have to legitimately not like the I game." I fucking love this guy. He's, he's one awesome. of the most
3: fun interviews I've ever had, honestly, because he'll just like he will talk about whatever. He has no filter, and you can see the PR person next to him just like cringing to death, but like he he will he's happy to just burst through whatever.
2: It's so fun. I just love the qualifier. No, you can't lie to me,
0: though, okay? You got to <laughs> really not like it. Andy, uh, I don't want you to lie to me here. What okay. did you think about Outriders? It's, it's
2: disappointing me. I, I've been yeah. a little bit disappointed with it. I went to a preview event over a year ago in January in L.A. <laughs> that was, like, the last thing I did. Uh, and I played with Andrea and Alana and... It opened my eyes. I said, "Wow, I didn't know what this game was going to be." But Greg said, "Oh, you like shooter games, right? You go play, go check this out. It's a new Square game, Square Enix. People can fly, and um, I had an absolute blast. And I think a lot of it was maybe the fact that we were all land in. Everything mm-hmm. performed super smooth. The part that we played was really damn good and fun. And then during quarantine, I made Bless play the second demo with me or the second sort of event." over the internet it was a we used internet. parsec we used parsec to sort of you know play remotely and it was so much fun even though it was through parsec and we were playing a cloud based game pretty much at that point like there was a noticeable performance issue it didn't look great cuz we were streaming it essentially and it i still had a lot of fun and i could not wait for this demo to come out last week and i feel like i have A really good processor in my PC, I have an RTX 3080, and I'm having a decent time with it offline, but when I teamed up with Greg and Bless, I was really underwhelmed by how it performed. It just felt stuttery, it felt like we were chugging along in some moments that just, I don't know, I'm really disappointed by the overall performance of it, and... The one thing I kept telling people, I kept saying, look, I'm excited to play this game for the weapons and the upgrades and the power ups and the gunplay and going into cover. It all feels great. Like that shit feels damn good to play online or to play on mouse and keyboard. But the acting and the cutscenes don't expect anything from because from what I played, they weren't great. And sure enough, they somehow have gotten worse throughout (laughs) throughout this sort of demo. And. For, I don't know, there's just something in the way that they are kind of framing this game. It's supposed to be super serious, and there's a moment where some guy comes to save you, and he gets shot, and then you're like, What? And the person who, sh- who shot that person gets shot, and you're like, Huh, what a world. Or it's like, you say some <laughs> line like that, and it's like, it's the fucking goofiest, dumb shit ever, and it's just not. It's not great. Like, none of the cutscenes have been great, and even Greg was laughing a lot when we were playing uh, on stream the other day. Greg Miller from Kind of Like.
1: Well, that's my question for you, is that do you feel it's supposed to be super serious? And I'm skewed because we played on stream, so it was like, let's just skip this and get into it. But I played a little bit over the weekend uh, on my own again, and... It was, you know, being reunited with, there's no, I mean, spoilers for the story that this is, you know, an, less than an hour in or whatever of like, you know, there's a time jump where you get fro- you get frozen in time. Everybody else ages. And like, there was one room where I I walked into the room and kind of like, did blah, 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 And they're like, oh my God, kind of. And I was like, it didn't strike me as this was trying to be serious as much as it was trying to be an action movie. I, but I don't know if they're, it's
2: different when you are like trying to go for the cheese. But I don't know. I think they're trying to go for it because they think it gotcha. feels cool. I think they think these moments are badass, and I they're just falling flat. The writing is really atrocious, like in a lot of this game. And I it, the, what's been going viral on Twitter is this one cutscene where you jump over yeah. a ravine. Yeah, Barrett, sort of, I sent I
0: sent you a video if you could uh, bring that up, please, in assets.
2: Yeah, this has been going viral on Twitter, and I I experienced that moment last night when I was just playing offline or off stream. And yeah, you got to assume it's just to, you know, possibly load. But there are a lot of oh. moments
1: where a little cutscene. What's going on? Go ahead, finish your statement. Sorry.
2: Oh, no, no. That's, that's it.
1: No, there's a lot of moments where there's a little cutscene.
2: Yeah, a lot of moments where there's a little cutscene that just kind of interrupt the gameplay to fake load or whatever.
1: Yeah, you don't have to assume. Today on Kind of Funny Games Daily, we covered the one and only Wesley Yin Poole over at Eurogamer, who talks to people who can people can fly about this very situation. Because I don't know if it's the one you're going to share, but uh, Wesley was the one the first tweet of like, "All right, outriders, I don't know if I needed a cutscene for this of fade to or yeah, the gameplay fade up from black, hop over the thing, fade to black gameplay." Yeah, and I guess the I found it interesting and fascinating as uh, uh, you know somebody who doesn't make games or whatever. I'm with you, right? I think when when we were playing and something similar happened, like, oh, well, they're just hiding the load, right? They're hiding the new area. And w- what they brought up was, well, yeah, we're loading stuff in, but it's more because of playtesting, where since this is a multiplayer game, if you were fucking around on the other side of the thing, if you just magically warped to there, like Tim and me when we were playing Combat Evolved, then I would warp just to Tim. Just letting you guys
0: like, know, my computer's totally about to crash. I feel it coming. Bye, it so. uh,
1: <laughs> when i when i would warp over to him and be completely discombobulated that was happening to people in the in the play testing so their solution was to put in this thing which now that it's out into public everybody's like what the fuck is this and it's like maybe he's they were kind of talking like maybe this wasn't the right solution but this is where we went and we'll figure it out yeah the fact that it still happens when you're playing solo
2: yeah is not great i'm sure it's you know it makes well, it's sense because you're, you're opening a, a door or
1: progressing the thing like yeah. it's built
2: yeah in. I hear now that. here's I hear the thing like i i feel like it has a really good hook i I love the looting, I love the shooting, right? I mean, that's all you gotta sort of, you know, <laughs> boil this game down to. I think the enemies are looters. interesting enough, I they have smart sort of flanking patterns from what I've experienced, and it just feels good to play, but then playing with Greg and Bless, it's like, why, why is it running this way? It shouldn't be running this poorly. I shouldn't be running at 40-something frames, 50 frames when I have a rig like this, you know? So yeah. I, I'm fairly disappointed, and I'm hoping that they iron a lot of these issues by the time the game officially launches. Because again, this is a demo, and I'm hoping that they are noticing all the the issues that people are having. And, and the, here's the thing that I guess why I'm so disappointed with it is they have such a good online presence. They have their Twitter account is very transparent. They're they put out this 21 tweet thread of what to expect from the demo. And all of and the way they've been acting, them being like, "Look, this is a demo. You can carry over all your progress. It's all cross progression, super cross play, all over the board." It sort of gave me this this sense of that they had this sense of confidence, right? Like mm-hmm. this game's going to come out and be amazing. The so, shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like we're we're here with you doing this, and um, and I guess I got just really excited based on that fact, and it's it's been a little underwhelming for me so far. I mean, that was looking
3: fly. Like, I I really, really loved Bulletstorm and Gears of Judgment wasn't great. But, like, I don't know. This, nothing about Outriders has been, seemed that interesting to me from the, like, side looking in. And I just, I wish it was just like, you were talking about, like, the cheesy cutscenes. I wish it just leaned into Bulletstorm more. I wish it was Mm -hmm. just full on, like, satirical, we're stupid and we accept that kind of storytelling and world and all that that's it's, the thing
1: about it from the you know again the one stream i did which was the main gameplay where we played for like what two hours or maybe yeah. a little more maybe a little bit less um i like the gameplay of it right like i like the. Sh- i'm playing on playstation 5 i i didn't feel a performance was uh hindered like you're talking about for pc uh i enjoy the gameplay i enjoy the cover i enjoy the powers i enjoy the effects for it I, i'm i like that i want to see more of that and what i found interesting and i, I was talking about this the other day with somebody it's when, since we played it on stream and i skipped a bunch of stuff now that and like you're going through and i'm like i get it of like oh time's passed oh i'm older oh this is what's that i want to go back and i think i might just wait for retail at this point and just say you know whatever the progress i've made from the demo and start from scratch and play offline by myself for a little bit to get really grounded in the world because i do think the story is interesting i'm right there with you that the acting doesn't seem great and it does seem like there's weird dialogue or weird interactions or whatever but if i can't get hooked by that i'm not in this for the long haul and that sucks like i it's you know like mike hit me up about playing it again on uh, stream this wednesday because he hasn't done anything and i was like yeah let's do it but it is that thing of like i i need to get grounded i need to find my anchor point in it to want to keep going and want to keep grinding not to loot for it power yeah power ups are so much fun having the
2: four different classes and having the classes have a shit ton of abilities that you can then kind of make your load out right you have three abilities that you can set and you can unlock up to eight of them. So essentially you can kind of mix and match what sort of a, abilities you want to be running. And I've been having a, a blast with, I guess like the main part of the gameplay is a lot of fun to me, but I've just been disappointed by a lot of the other issues. And it's it just, it's a bummer to me. And I, I I hate being this negative, but like I truly think that the the two of the, of the least good voice actors are the main actors, mm, mm. are the main characters that you play. Because I played the male character when I did the both demos. I was like, ooh, this is kind of rough. I'll roll with the female character on this one, and it was still equally not as great, and that <laughs> like, bummed me out.
1: Sure.
0: Imran, you've been playing Valheim. Tell me all about that.
3: I have been playing Valheim. Um, this is the, I'm guessing, I feel like it's one of the most popular games out on the internet right now. Like it is in the Steam top 10 of all time after only being like, really, I've only known about it for like a couple of weeks. So I don't know how much long earlier it predates it, but like I bought a copy because I was preparing for an interview with the developers. I started playing it and I really couldn't stop playing it. It is like a, you guys know of Rust, you know of the survival mm-hmm. sim, stuff like that. Imagine if Rust was like perceptible, like if you could actually play that game and understand what you're doing, that, that's Valheim. Like, it is a survival game mixed kind of with, like, a Dark Souls, Breath of the Wild, Monster Hunter kind of thing. Uh, of you were, you were put on an, uh, basically uh, the space between life and Valhalla. And you were told, you have another chance to come back to life, but you've got to defeat these, like, ten monster enemies, whatever, to get there. And you can go up to their areas their tombstones or whatever, and summon them whenever you want. But if you do that when you're unprepared, then you might as well just be, like, wasting everything you've done so far. So the game puts you on the island, says, okay, well, here's how you build a weapon. Here's how you build an axe. Here's, like, what you can do for a workbench. It says, well, you probably need a house. Like, you need somewhere to live to house this stuff and to make bigger things. So that's basically the tutorial is find somewhere to live, and I found, like, a, a bunch of my friends built a house, which seems insane because you could just find a house <laughs> and i found one patched up the walls like set a fire and this is a terrible idea because one thing the game doesn't tell you and this is kind of where the breath of the wild stuff comes in is there's a bunch of systems that interact and if you do <laughs> you're not conscious of these systems you will get yourself killed so i put up a, I use the torch i just kind of held there because it's cold outside I you know it was warm in the house and it says like you're warm like you're not exposed what it doesn't tell you is if I closed the door and didn't put in a window, I smoke myself to death. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say you're gonna get carbon monoxide.
3: No, <laughs> <laughs> so I did. That happened. I had a corpse run back to my house for my stuff, so I did that. And then, like, I went to a different house that I, because I, when I died, I dropped the torch, and the torch burned the building down. Ah, uh, so I <laughs> found a different house. I went to rest there. I did not do a good job exploring that house. There was a giant hornet's nest in there. Trying to destroy the Hornet's Nest did not work out great for me. <laughs> so That's I jumped really again. Awesome. Uh but eventually I got to a point where I was I felt like I was strong enough to actually like summon the monster. Finally check this things out. So I summoned it. Nothing happened. Like, what's the deal? And I start hearing these noises from like across the map. Like I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. And it's like coming near. Or it's, by the time I get there, it would have been close to dark. So I just kind of like sprint over there, and it's just it's the Oblivion style thing of the more you jump or run or whatever, you gain experience. So I try to run over there with like my current experience level, which wasn't great. Uh, and I see the monster just destroying my shit. And I didn't. I have no idea what to do. So I start like attacking him. And he just like backhands me and starts destroying my house more. So like that's the thing of. Yeah, you can summon the monster, and you can try, but if you mess up, if you don't do it right, if you're not ready to fight him, he is just going to destroy everything you own, and you have to start fresh, which like can take Pokemon a while. It's, they it's don't like, obey you. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So I, I tried to play with some other people, and like you can make... Uh, you don't share a, a defogged of war map, but you do share an area. So you can make like houses together. You can like morph the terrain. The game is not quite built for stuff like that yet, but you can still like move, like move work around it. And it's just really—I'm not much for survival games. And Even like looking at this thing, if I hadn't had an interview with the developers, I wouldn't have ever probably played it. But it's still neat, and it's neat, and it's broken in really fun and interesting ways. Like uh, there's a glitch where if you are on a boat and a bird lands on the boat, the game's logic then dictates the bird controls the boat now. So if the if the bird, starts, I'm the captain now. <laughs> if the bird just starts flying away, the boat will go with it. So you can just like you're on a flying boat being led by a pigeon. <laughs> and it's like it's, it's that perfect level of like not quite broken but not quite like that's norse it, mythology
2: right there iman yes yeah. it is
3: yeah. it is good norse mythology. i was like i was asking the developers like why is every game about norse mythology now They're like oh yeah that hbo show from like eight years ago that's why because like that's why they made it was <laughs> they like that show so and it's such a it's a neat little fun thing and like the graphics have these really interesting effects but Overall, it looks like a cleaned-up PS1 game, which I think actually works pretty well for it.
2: I so love I, the style.
3: I, yeah. yeah, I'm digging it quite a bit. Have you been playing it, Andy?
2: I played a tiny bit of it um, with Alana and some friends from Funhouse. We we hopped in. I had no idea what I was doing, and luckily our our buddy Jacob Fullerton knows the ins and outs and had already built several houses, and some of them really nice houses, like gigantic sort of structures. And For the little that I played, I definitely wanted to go back and just didn't really find the time to go back to it. I think just other games, I, I, you know, this is like around the time that um, I was about to finish up Dark Souls and I was playing a lot of other things, but I had a lot of fun with it. The art style, yeah, the art style texture wise is super low poly, low fi, but it still feels really modern because of the lighting uh there's a lot of really good lighting and fog effects when you're out in the distance um i had a blast with what i did play like just crafting stuff and venturing out too far and people being like oh andy that's like we got to be careful over there. there's like stuff that can attack you and sure enough all these kind of trolls start running after me i didn't know it was going to be that type (laughs) of game i didn't know we'd be fighting
1: all these trolls
2: (laughs) i didn't know there'd be bosses that's i think that's the most intriguing thing about it is i'm used to a I'm used to I don't know any sort of survival game like mostly Rust where you're just kind of surviving and sure you can fight some NPCs in different areas but I didn't know that there would be these gigantic sort of forest creatures that are these gods that you're talking about the ones that you summon every clip that I've seen of them look really cool
3: mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, like what... the graphic style is awesome yeah I like. It. The It has like the, the PS1, like literally PS1, that's how they describe it, character models. And then like you have like a bunch of beard choices and stuff like that. And it was like, this is, it's a neat look for this game. So I'll get, I'll, I will tell one more death story and then we can move on. When I first got the axe, I started I tried chopping down a tree. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll chop down a tree, get some wood and all that. Tree falls on me. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's probably my fault. So next time I come back, I do the corpse run, grab my axe, start chopping that another tree right next to it. I figured this time I will stand to the side so the tree will not fall on me. Tree falls in front of me, then starts rolling downhill and kills me. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I like very important lessons. Do not stand in front of the tree, stand uphill from the tree. All of it, like important things to learn.
0: That's awesome. Greg, before we move on to the topic of the show, tell me about Kill It With Fire.
1: Kill with Fire is a game I first heard about a little bit from one Andy Cortez a long, long time ago. Uh, but we were doing PS I Love You yesterday, and it came up that it was coming out this week. And I was like, oh, that's the one from Andy, right? And we watched the trailer. Uh, and what it had grabbed us was, it's you know, again, we bullshit around, obviously, a lot and act like a bunch of clowns on the show. And we're not as sincere sometimes we should be. But again, like, I mean it when I say, like, we're building this with you, the audience, not for you, right? We're building this with you. And uh, somebody had written in to, con- or to PSI Love You and was like, hey, I know you don't usually do it, but if you're do- for when you're going through games that are coming out this week, you should read the description for Kill It With Fire. And so Blessing threw up the trailer that is on right now, but the description is, The Spider, mankind's most ancient and deadly nemesis. As a licensed Kill It With Fire exterminator, it's time to fight back. Assemble your arsenal of increasingly excessive weapons, track spiders across suburbia, and burn everything in your path. Awesome. And we watched the show like, Holy shit! This looks hilarious, and so yeah, I we got codes for it, and I popped it in and played uh, an hour here before Games Cast. And it's totally, when I watch the trailer, if you're not watching the trailer, it's first person, you're running around, you're, you know, using a shotgun or, uh, you know, a spray can with a lighter on it to set fire to everything. Uh, all sorts of gadgets and weapons that kill the little spiders that are running around. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, is this a VR game? And it's not, but it totally reminds me of the PlayStation VR games and I guess Oculus games as well. But, you know, vacation simulator, job simulator, it's got that kind of vibe to it. And Very low poly. It, Exactly mm-hmm. right. You running through these different things, and you know, you, you start in an apartment and you see a spider, and it's like I think it's like it begins like your war your war with the nemesis or whatever. And it's you know, you trash your entire house, killing all these different spiders, running through a checklist on a clipboard of things to do to get you know past this and uh, get to the next area or whatever to clear it. Uh, it's one of those fun little physics games, right? Where you know everything's destructible, everything can interact with each other. How's it going to go? What's it going to happen to it? And I enjoyed myself with it. I don't think I don't. It's one of those. I don't think I'll go back to. Like, uh, it's, you know, again, I don't blame the developer for this. I blame PlayStation. Um, I'm like playing it. I'm like, oh man, what are the trophies like? Pop out. No platinum. 21 bronzes. What the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> who at PlayStation was like, who does this to independent developers where they give them, uh, hey, here you go. Here's what you need to do. Put in like uh, no, they, they don't know they need to put a platinum in it. They don't know if they just ask for a platinum, they'll get a platinum. So instead we get 21 bronzes for this thing. Uh, I can call I can call Casey right now, don't worry about it. It's too late the ship sailed. Somebody needs to tell him for the future reference, you know. Put v, v, put a real trophy list in this. We game. care Have about these real trophies, photos. yeah. If there, meant, level. if there was a
0: platinum, would you get it in this? No,
1: game? probably not. It's, you know, I mean, like again, this is a a fun game it's it's in it's you know with even job simulator stuff like that right i didn't go back for the platinum on it uh but it's quirky and it's different and it's cool and it's smashing a spider and it's you know uh going through and seeing the place burn down smashing picture frames like how far did you get i did the first i'm into the third bio third biome maybe the fourth okay why what's happening i
2: i I got fairly far i played it because again my well, full disclosure my buddy Casey makes this game I used to work with him at Rooster Teeth Games and when everybody there got laid off he said I have some ideas I want to go make some games on my own and so he decided to make Kill to Fire he sent me a build up like close to 3 years ago and was like check this out just download it on Steam it's what I've been working on and I was like whoa this is actually a cool concept and now that the game's fully released I'm super happy for him Tiny Build picked it up mm-hmm. and um it scared the shit out of me. Like they were, there are so the so there's all the different there's a bunch of different colored spiders and they all do different things. They're like different yeah, there's a red one spiders. that'll run around.
1: You smash that one, it'll birth out a bunch of white babies that you then have to kill. No, and then there's an orange one that fucking jumps. jumps. Yeah, I got. And there's a I, moment. I got to that level that where they introduced the jumping spider. That's where I there's
2: out. a moment that I, ugh, I don't know if I had even had the clip saved anymore. Cause I had to purge all my clips on Twitch, mm. but that I was like, I think that's a red one. Yeah. I'm standing on top of a car, super scared. I'm like, I think that's a red spider. And this motherfucker flies at me. And I just went, Oh, it's a jumping one. Like I yelled so loudly. And yeah, the ones that jump at you, there are ones that get deadlier and, like, freakier towards the end of the game. But the orange ones that you encounter mid-game, I think, are the scariest ones. They just scared the sh- absolute shit out of me. But there, there is definitely a completionist—I uh, wish they had trophies because there's definitely the completionist sort of mentality going into this game where you have the checklist and you see— you can move on, but there's a yeah. lot of other stuff you can
1: still do. And there's boom boxes um, a with challenges. And... There's boom yeah. boxes with challenges. Like, you know, first level, I, I, got, I unlocked the boom box by doing all the check marks, but then it was like, you know, use the revolver and kill, and I was like, oh, I don't even have the revolver yet, because, you know, you save your progress, and you unlock different things. Uh, you know, you have, like, you know, uh, for me, a PKE meter. Uh, m- probably for other people, more like in Aliens, where they had, like, you know, the, the radar to go find them. You have that for the spiders. So there is that thing of, like, walking up the kitchen Table and being like, it says there's two in this pizza box. Yeah. <laughs> you throw them in the pizza box and then two rush yeah. out and you're trying to slam them with a clipboard or whatever the hell it is. Opening it. up the fridge, just be like, oh, I was closing it to get like, ah, oh, it's really yeah, terrifying. My, but I had a desire, blast throwing my, the
2: throwing stars, the shurikens at him was a blast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. See that in my my uh my like I'm probably not gonna go back to it isn't because I think the game isn't quality. I just think it's like, oh, I get it and it's just not what I wanna yeah. uh, play. But I can totally see if that if any of this sounds fun or you were really into uh, job simulator or anything like that, or the you know, the normal physics games we're talking about, I could totally see getting into it. It's funny, I, it's got a bunch of different things to break and fool around with and see how they interact. It's
2: definitely a really good streaming game for people wanting to make content. Like they, you will yell and freak out on stream and it, it's a blast. And there's also I believe Casey was. I'm not sure. I think he was thinking about adding an arachnophobia, um, sort of. Somebody said that. Yeah, meter like like they had in the Xbox. Yeah, I I feel like Blessing
4: brought that up. That there's an arachnophobia like um, setting now.
2: Yeah, because he was tweeting out live. Hey, I hadn't really thought about doing this. Should I add this? And a lot of people were like, Yeah, of course. So I think he added a motor. Where there's just little tiny dots. They're just like spheres that kind of just move mm-hmm. around and some of them move faster or whatever.
3: So in my apartment today, Uh-oh, I no. saw a, like a spider crawling up my leg. Now I have no problem with spiders. <laughs> they eat other bugs. But when the the unspoken rule is once you start climbing on me, you have to leave the apartment. Sure. So yeah, I got I got a tissue. I like like very carefully like grabbed the spider like That's put, why
2: that's why Imran kicked me out the other day. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, I grabbed put the spider in the tissue, like, you know, made sure not to like touch like crush it or anything so i could take it outside so i do that open the door stand outside the door unfurl the the tissue nothing in there oh no so now there is somewhere in my apartment a pissed off spider that knows i tried to get rid of it
4: yeah jesus yeah. I now so it's, now it's just i'm so sorry you lost time you know
2: behind yeah. enemy yeah. lines it's gonna make right its now.
3: move yeah, yeah. At At least like, I, thought Australia. I
2: thought this guy was cool he was like fine with me before what's up
3: Just don't break the rule. Just don't break the one rule. Don't break the fucking rule, (laughs) spiders.
0: You knew this. We had a contract, a social contract. (laughs) I want to talk about video game anniversaries, but before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by... Freshly dinner time can be chaotic but with Freshly it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure all off of you. Freshly offers chef-made nutrient-packed delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. That's the difference. Uh with this one is Freshly allows you to literally just Heat the things up, and then boom, you're eating, and it's fantastic. Blessing's been loving it. Uh, Cool Greg's been loving it. Cool Greg's been living off of it. Uh, Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Snow Mike Mike himself uh, has been ranting and raving about this. Ordering is easy. You just visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, uh, which I had recently it was fantastic, or their chicken chicken pesto bowl. Uh, right now, Freshly is offering you guys $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Kinda. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Kinda for $40 off your first two orders. That's F-R-E-S-H-L-Y.com slash Kinda to get $40 off your first two orders. All right, guys. This year, it's the anniversary of many video games, and that's kind of the way that this works, as video games have only been around for, you know, 30, 40 years at this point. (laughs) So it kind of comes in cycles, where anytime there's an anniversary for one, there's an anniversary for a whole bunch, because a lot happened in 1985 or whatever. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But I want to talk to you guys about how video game anniversaries have been handled, and how we wish they will be handled in the future specifically with the the jump off points of pokemon currently uh having its 25th anniversary and zelda currently having its 35th anniversary hot off the heels of mario having its 35th anniversary
3: last year imran how do you feel those have been handled so far the mario one so the mario one is like there's two separate discussions around that thing like, as a Mario anniversary of things we were doing with Mario this year, sure, it would have been nice if there was a new game, but 3D All-Stars, Mario 35, Mario 3D World, like, those are pretty good products. Like, the Game & Watch thing, they're pretty good products. It's a good celebration of, like, an anniversary that I don't think most people really care about, which is the 35th anniversary. But, like, it's that's fine. The stuff they did around it of, you know, the uh, the time-limited stuff, that's bullshit. That's, like, legitimately a, a term that gets thrown around too much but is actually true at this point, anti-consumer. But I think in terms of the products they released for Mario was I, unexciting, but appropriate.
0: What do you think that they're going to keep doing that type of release thing? Because they've done it now with the Fire Emblem game as well.
3: Yeah, uh, I hope no, but it's did really fucking well for Mario. Like that game sold. It sold more copies in a short time frame than I expect it would have. It probably would have sold more over a longer period. If it had no like uh, cutoff release date, but since it sold so much in a very short like they got their returns on that game fast, then I I would not be shocked if at some point like with the Zelda or Metroid or something they do that thing again.
0: So let's start there, Andy. What do you what do you expect we're going to get from Zelda's 35th anniversary that we haven't gotten yet?
2: Well, I don't, I just thought we'd get. I thought we would get some sort of announcements the last time. fucking direct. defeating
1: his voice as this conversation <laughs> starts. Yeah, I, I thought there
2: would be some sort of hint or lead up to it, and everything since then. I, I'm i tempering my expectations, and I know some people have said, look, the anniversary, this whole anniversary stuff, there's going to be more and more news as the year goes. Um, I mean, pie-in-the-sky stuff, I want a full remake of something. I don't want just more remasters another Link's Awakening type remake thing. Do it for Link to the Past. Ooh. Do it for the Oracle games. That's like that's the goal right there. Um but I think it is gonna be more remasters that will each sell for 60 bucks. Mm. And we're all gonna fucking eat
0: that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> what well we I mean at do. this point we gotta get Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Like just to have the switch yeah, finally yeah, they're, they're be able like, to move on they're, those they're, like, are
4: the, the gifts. they're like two of like a handful of wii u uh, like quote-unquote titles that like haven't been ported to the switch at this that point. people like and also for the zelda 35th anniversary it would have been nice to just acknowledge just happy birthday zelda on the day that it was the third like that would have been cool but <laughs> it was
3: <we> didn't, <laughs> they didn't anything. do
4: anything like okay like people like really up in arms about skyward sword like skyward sword has been rumored for years like Yeah, I know they probably didn't handle it the best. Whatever. Just, like, fucking acknowledge the Zelda's 35th anniversary on the day. And they were completely silent about it. And it's just so weird. I wrote
3: wrote an article, like, getting a bunch of quotes from, like, game industry people about Zelda for the 35th anniversary. Phil Spencer has said more about Zelda for his 35th anniversary than Nintendo has.
4: (laughs) And that's why, like, I'm not confident that, like, I, I would love if we get Wind Waker on the Switch. I would love if we got <laughs> Twilight Princess on the Switch. Um, like that's what, I'm almost scared that we're not going to get much more, because I feel like the reason they are being so quiet is because they're like, if we bring it up, we're going to get more shit about it, and we have nothing to say because we're not planning on anything else. Like, oh, God. So hypothetically, it-
3: if, if those games are coming, hypothetically, I would imagine they're not going to say anything before Skyward Sword comes out, because those games... I would guess would be double pack, like because you can't sell two. I mean, I guess you could. They could do whatever they want. If they are a double pack, then selling them before Skyward Sword is going to make Skyward Sword look much, much worse, and that's yeah, already agree. a tough value proposition right now.
2: Yeah, I think I it think really is they're... the person that forgot to get their significant other a gift <laughs> that like. If we don't really acknowledge it, like, oh, I forgot to get him the gift. You know, like, I don't know. It's just, I am not confident at all with what Nintendo does anymore. Just not at all.
3: No, yeah. And like Mario, the Mario anniversary we didn't know about until September last year. Yeah. Even though it was his anniversary for the entire year, like at some point it's like, okay, now we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah. And granted, the COVID and all that stuff, we yeah. know. But I, I do think Nintendo tends to not celebrate the day as much as the year or whatever random uh parameters to put around it. Some fun things I did want to read here. Uh, is about Luigi's thirtieth anniversary. Lest we forget, I want to explained that Luigi appeared in Mario Brothers when it was first released on July fourteenth, nineteen eighty-three. Since it had been thirty years since Luigi's first appearance, it was decided that twenty thirteen would be the year of Luigi. Yeah. So that's great. On March nineteenth, twenty thirteen, Nintendo began the Year of Luigi. This included a year of Luigi-themed games like Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, Doctor Luigi, Mario and Luigi Dream Team, and New Super Luigi U. Um, and Luigi's Mansion statue was released on Club Nintendo. Blah blah blah. On March nineteenth, twenty fourteen, the year of Luigi ended. <laughs> I I <don't>, of, <laughs> I of, of a dark
3: day, a
1: dark but, day in <laughs> Nintendo history. The I, I day also that wanted... Luigi ended. The year of Luigi ended.
3: <laughs> I also want to point out that twenty thirteen was Nintendo's worst financial year in the last two decades,
0: which is my favorite fact that you've ever brought to my attention. <laughs> uh, but there's also something that I learned today: is that on to- October fourth, October fourth, twenty nineteen. Nintendo declared that the entire month of October would be the month of Luigi. This was done to celebrate <laughs> Luigi's Mansion three
3: the, Is that a uh, demotion? or are they just giving him more than he deserves? Like I don't I, know which direction that's going. My favorite I, like, they line might though, as well is, have, like
0: they might as well wish
2: him like happy Mother's Day like because none of this shit's making any sense. No, like,
3: this was done to celebrate
0: Luigi man Luigi's Mansion Three, which was released on october thirty first twenty nineteen. The month of Luigi ended on no- November first twenty nineteen. <laughs> Sad day, Why? sad day, dark day for
4: Nintendo when the month of Luigi ended. But then, happy
0: so, you, Happy Hanukkah, Luigi. You look at that. Obviously, twenty thirteen was a very different time uh, with Nintendo in terms of even just like what hardware was out. But yeah. uh, looking at last year with COVID and all that stuff, with what they did for Mario, I think that the thing that I was most upset with was the how piss poor 3d all-stars was in the sense of mario 64 not even being widescreen when sunshine was and not including galaxy 2 and just the timing of everything uh but besides that like they did a lot when it comes to the you know mario 35 and having all the different merch stuff the mario lego stuff like i'm sure they would have loved to have timed the universal studios nintendo stuff a little bit better with that it had it all worked out but the
2: splatoon shirts i tried to buy jesus christ could not I, have free, stupid cart would never add and the website was just a disaster i was so mad about
0: that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but all the in-game things of like animal crossing and you know all the, the different in-game events across there uh the library and stuff it's like all right cool you, you guys did you did fine and maybe not that exciting in terms of new stuff uh, but with Zelda, I'm, I'm. it's interesting looking at Zelda and Pokemon, which are both having their anniversaries, and both were talked about within a week of each other, because it's like Pokemon actually did its, its Pokemon Presents and uh, made at least some announcements that I think overall are interesting and exciting to a lot of people i'm sure that many are very trepidatious of this for obvious reasons but it's like cool at least we know we're getting some some new pokemon products this year um and some things that people wanted a long time with the remakes of diamond and pearl but it got me thinking a lot about how with when mario's 20th anniversary i think it was happened and all they did was take ports or not ports like roms of mario all-stars and just put it on the wii
3: yeah That sold actually, like, super well. I think it was one of the best-selling Wii games for a long time.
0: Shocker. It's crazy, you know? (laughs) And it's like, I'm looking at that, and, you know, I think it's crazy that they would take that game and sell it for as much as they did, but they did, and it worked. But what are we going to get that for Pokemon, for the older Pokemon games? Because that, to me, sounds like something that I would love to have, and I understand they're not going to want to do it because of remakes and this, that, and the other, but at this point, I'd even love to have the remakes on Switch. Like, even if it was just a straight-up ROM port of... Soul silver and heart gold, and all that stuff.
2: It's weird. I'm thinking about just a lot of Game Boy ports that just, yeah, I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> yeah, we
3: just I think a lot of it is know. like the Pokemon company is weird about ports. Like, unless you can at the moment take those Pokemon and move them into like Pokemon Bank, they don't care to do it. Like, when they did the re are the virtual console releases on 3DS, then that's one of the things they did for that was they made it so you can move those into the current generation somehow. So I imagine it's some new, or some combination of that's more work to do than you would think, and also they don't want to step over the remakes, because right now, like, why would you buy, like, if they let, put a virtual console style thing on Switch of Diamond and Pearl, then the very graphically faithful uh, Diamond and Pearl remake might lose a quite a bit of value in that sense.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, what if they, like, timed it out? And I kind of really had a year of Pokemon and started with the Game Boy games that they've already like done. Red and Blue, yeah. yeah. You know, like they already made Red and Blue work with uh, Pokemon Bank. And they already made Gold and Silver and, and or Crystal. I don't remember which one it was. It might have just been Crystal uh, on the 3DS. But,
2: but they also need to understand that there's a lot of people that don't give a shit about Pokemon Bank like me like there's <laughs> won't they, someone
1: it, please think of Andy <laughs>
2: yeah like I, I don't I, I think that they operate with Pokemon thinking that everybody is tied to every system possible that they have because they want you to be able to make sure that you're leveling that little fucker up when you're brushing your teeth or whatever I don't yeah. know but it's like I don't, we don't like some some just want to play a Pokemon game <laughs> like I, guess I don't Andy. I don't necessarily need to have everything tied in and worry about carrying Pokemon over
0: I feel you, but I think that while you're right that the not everybody wants that, so many Pokemon fans and we're talking about like if they were to do something for the anniversary, to me not having Pokemon Bank for whatever they're releasing is more similar to not having Galaxy 2 in the 3D All Stars pack, where it's like, okay. no that's a feature that's necessary because like the whole thing is catching them all. So being able to any Pokemon you catch being able to be yours in the different games, I think is much more important than Pokemon sleep, <laughs> which
3: <laughs>
0: at the very most is an additive experience
3: <laughs> I think like what Pokemon means is just so all over the place now it could be it they take advantage of the fact that it can be anything, so like even when you talk about like mainline Pokemon games, there are like sword and shield, there is the now top down diamond pro remake, there is let's go as a remake style thing, there is um the like Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire as a remake style thing, which took, like, the same kind of stuff from uh, Pokemon XY. There are, is now Pokemon Legends, which is an entirely different thing from all that. And all these are considered mainline games. So, like, at some point, they're just too much main Pokemon. And like maybe they're thinking, okay, we don't need to throw, like, the actual old stuff onto this pile as well.
2: What Do about the think... people like me, Imran, that don't care about
1: overachieving, right? I don't want to catch them all. <laughs> Did I get it? I just want to I catch some of them. Yeah, I just I want it, to Andy. catch a couple. What, maybe, is, maybe? what is the breakdown of people who play Pokemon? And I know this is such, there's no number, I assume, on this thing, even if there is Imran or no. But, like, is it, if you, it, the majority must just play and never fucking catch them all, right?
3: I so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, there's no trophy data or anything to like tell sure, us. Sure, exactly. Yeah, I imagine just, most just kids just like. are to the one
2: percent. These guys. Yes.
0: <laughs> Think of it, <laughs> Andy. It's, but it's
3: not you even know, just catching
2: the them all. Line.
0: It's even just being able to play like with the Pokemon you like in different generations and stuff. You know, like they know what the hell they're doing, and that, that's what all the controversy was about with Sword and Shield. Was yeah. That like not only were their Pokemon not there, you couldn't even put them in if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, for some, for many hundreds of your, your I old I remember favorites. that whole
2: that whole controversy I just didn't fully understand so I was like right on guys you guys are right to be mad. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't fucking
1: know any of it man. I stand with I, the majority whatever <laughs> that you guys think I'm on your side.
3: But... I really love the idea of Andy as like Ash Ketchum's rival as like a kind of lazy Pokemon trainer <laughs> yeah. that's just like I don't know I don't really care about catching and he's them all. the I, just I'm gonna defeat you today like
2: ah oh, shit man. I, I'm actually like, running late I can't
4: be there right I, love, but I, I also would... love that like Andy's like man like why don't they think about me? But then also he's like, all right, right on all the people who, uh, yeah, you know, go get <laughs> it. Go guys. Go go get about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not thinking about them. Trust me. <laughs> they are a very, very angry punch. Oh, uh, wow. Imran, do you think that with everything you just said about all the different main lines and all that, do you think that we will see another let's go? Or do you think that with the debut of brilliant, pearl and whatever the fuck diamond and all that shiny shit. diamond shiny diamond <laughs> shiny um, red
1: like a diamond
0: and with how those look that those are the replacement of that style because that's kind of the read that i get on this because this is a very different look than what we would have expected from a remake
3: i think then like pokemon go pokemon yeah pokemon go set up this very simple thing that like we really don't like to talk about but it just makes it really oversimplified pokemon and i think pokemon let's go took that idea and moved it to the mainline games saying like Okay, you don't want to battle Pokemon to catch them? Sure, cool. We'll like we will have a game for you here. I don't think Diamond and Pearl replaced that mechanic, that aspect of it. So when I think eventually we will probably get Pokemon Let's Go Johto. and then like th- it gives them another avenue to start remaking games from a simpler mechanic to get the people who weren't on board with the complexities of Pokemon o- onto this new thing. So they basically now have like a tier list of st- like. Pokemon that go up by level of complexity, and I think Let's Go still exists there. Look how cute
2: this is! I think it's cute as shit. Yeah, this this is
3: an adorable fucking. This little kid, little monitos,
2: play this. Yeah, they look adorable, man. I know they look like anatomically weird, but I think it's cute as shit.
3: I saw like somebody like do a picture of like if they just added black lines to everything, it would look a lot better. And I think like like especially the the overworld sprites, if they made them a little bit more defined as cartoon characters, then it would look a lot better for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, just keeping it real, can't wait to play this game, but I'm very disappointed with the the look of it. Like, especially two years after Link's Awakening looking as amazing as it did. Yeah. This just seems kind of generic as opposed to, like, Link's a, Awakening was a nice years choice.
2: Years. But do you think... Do you think that's a lighting thing, Tim? Because I think Link's Awakening looked phenomenal because they're going for more realism in how the world looks. Obviously, it's still wise. It's proportion-wise, they're not going for realism, but the grass is a little bit shiny the water is like very very shiny and then when we look at pokemon it's very flat but i think that's because when we see pokemon in games a water pokemon doesn't look shiny and wet or whatever like everything is a very flat texture and i think that's just how pokemon looks everything is every texture you see is super flat and there's no reflective properties to anything is it just because visually it looks flat or is it just a little tiny little kids running around (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's a, a lot of different factors. And at the end of the day, I don't think that it looks bad. I just don't think that it looks good or great or at the very least not exciting or interesting. Like Luke's Awakening took Zelda that, in the same way you're talking about, didn't have that look, but it gave it that look. And it kind of gave it this extra, like, yeah, it's a remake of a Game Boy game that's tile-based, but it doesn't feel that way because it has this toy diorama look where they took everything and were like, okay, but how would this look as a... Toy essentially with with uh sapphire and and diamond, it's like, am I messing that up? Diamond and Pearl. Um the I the DS look is personally my favorite look of Pokemon to this day. Like I love the sprites in a semi-isometric 3D look. Like that, it just has such a great aesthetic to it. So, this to me, in so many ways, I'm like, I actually think that it looks worse than the original games, and it's still a tile-based simple thing. But Again, looks fine. Not the end of the world. It's just not what I expected at all from. Yeah, these I'm like, extremely stoked
2: because this seems like everybody's favorite Pokemon game. This seems like the hardcore oh, I hated fans did it. Yeah, oh, this, uh, this is my least favorite one. I think it's one. an age thing, Andy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because my Twitter timeline was just blowing up with Sinnoh remakes. It' like, oh my god, we're yeah, getting, dude. we're getting. I could have sworn that these were the ones that everybody lotted because yeah, I was. Andy, like, you're going like, to catch 15 Finos. of these, and you're going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <You're> <laughs> like, catch
1: 15 Pokemon, put it down, and you're going to have a great time. Don't. Because
2: gold and silver is like my shit. That's like the story yeah. that I love the most. Uh, but I again with every Pokemon game, I mentioned this on the on the reacts of that direct. I have played every Pokemon game. I've only beaten, well, now three with Sword and Shield. Like I've beaten, I beat, Re- I beat Blue back in the day. I beat Gold, and then I beat um, Shield or Sword or whichever one it was. But all the other ones, I've played for about two or three hours, and then I just give up because, you know, underachieving uh, Pokemon trainer. I don't want to catch them all, Greg. <laughs> just
0: don't care to. Don't, the Diamond and Pearl are deal. bad by any means. I, I just think, and the, at some boys they have great stuff. Like some of the characters yeah. are fantastic. What's the worst one?
3: For me, it would be XY. I think that's the I'd worst. I'd probably say
0: that too. Yeah. I'm also not a huge Gen three fan either.
3: I, I mean, Gen three had a lot of flaws, but it was the one that I played like for 600 hours because that was the one that was out when I was like in high school. And, <laughs> I, like, I'm
0: right there with you. Yeah, the, <laughs> I played the, the
3: fuck out of it. Had a GBA with a rechargeable battery, which was key to playing a game a really long time.
0: Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's what would you want from a Pokemon anniversary, Imran? And do you think they're doing a good enough job?
3: I think, like, for what I want from a Pokemon anniversary in terms of game releases, I think Legend is kind of getting close to what I want, of you are cr- actually creating a Pokemon world. And that is what I, I think is actually exciting about that game. Like, I know everyone looks at it like, oh, this is Breath of the Wild, but, like, I, what I, I don't want Breath of the Wild, because Breath of the Wild was, like, four monsters, and they're everywhere, and they all have inter- interesting interactions with their systems, but I want what I want is, like, you see a Rhyperior on a cliff and that Rhyperior shoots a beam at you because it sees you too. That is a Pokemon world that I think is going to be cool. I don't know that Legends is that yet, but it's getting closer to that. So for, like, a Pokemon anniversary, this is very specific to Pokemon, not any other series in the world, I would want it to, like, say, oh, we understand that we've been kind of, not treading or coasting water or whatever, but, like, we understand that Pokemon has been basically the same thing for the last couple of decades. Yeah, and, forever. Yeah, and like, we we know that even when we change it, when we change it with Let's Go, it's not really that big a change. But it like, if we do, we do want to make a big change. We do want to make good on what Pokemon promised on the Game Boy 25 years ago. And I would... That's what I think a a good anniversary project would be. Granted, this game probably falls outside the anniversary, so who knows? But yeah,
0: I still count it though, especially with all the the COVID stuff. Like you got to yeah. imagine that they originally planned for Diamond and Pearl to be earlier in the year, and then this like maybe like a March release, and this to be the the big fall release. Uh, yeah. But w- what I'm excited about, and what I think they're actually doing a good job with, is keeping both of these in the same region. Because the reason that I enjoy Gen two, gold and silver, so much is that they were a direct sequel to Red and Blue, and you see characters from the other game. And two years have passed; things have uh, like evolved, and you know, kind of like changed and grown, and like all that stuff. And it felt like it was adding to the same experience. And most the other gens don't kind of share that. Of course, this black and white one and two together as themselves. But I like that in November or whatever we're going to play through Sinnoh, and then in early 2021, hopefully. Uh, we're going to be able to see the same place we just played through, but a hundred years ago. And how did it get there? And hopefully they kind of build some like legacy there, you know, 2022. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus God. Christ. Yeah, oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, I right. know. Yeah. I forgot about that shit. Get enough Pokemon for a sec. Andy, how does it make you feel that this year is Halo's 20th anniversary? Oh, no, Tim, don't tell and me. And even that. with that, the Xbox. It's the Xbox's 20th anniversary, guys. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I guess 02
2: was really the first year that I got into Xbox because I was a freshman in high school. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. Awful. It feels awful.
2: I wish you didn't tell
0: me, Tim. <laughs> I wish you didn't tell me, too. Do you think that with, with Halo Infinite coming out, that there was a chance that they, they could do some anniversary stuff that would be worth a damn? I don't. I mean, maybe...
2: Honestly, maybe like a, Halo, a a Fortnite type thing, but I don't. I feel like Nintendo's really no. I guess other games do it. Like Final Fantasy does some stuff. I don't. I, don't, I feel like Nintendo's the one that really, really talks about their anniversaries in a way that yeah. a lot of other devs and publishers just don't. And it might be, hey, uh, you know, it's the year anniversary of Death Stranding. We have a new suit that you can get, but they don't really go out there and make it this whole event that they're gonna kind of. In you, you know, um surround brand with. I feel like Nintendo's really the only ones that truly get down like that. It I can't. I, I don't know. I can't really like, think of other ones.
3: Like Sony had this big 25th anniversary thing for the PS4, or like for PlayStation in general. But they did like the the anniversary PS4s and the you know themes that was and all 20th. that. 20th, yeah. okay, yeah. Like, I wish they would have done more stuff with the games. Like, yeah, and Astrobot celebrates the PlayStation history quite well, but. It would have been neat to be like, and we're gonna bring jumping flash to, to like play on your PS4 or whatever, just stuff like that. I'm just acknowledging that. Oh, you guys were around in the '96 when we had when you had to play ESPN Extreme Sports because that was on every demo disc. Like, we're gonna <laughs> we are going to like acknowledge yeah. that you. There exist. Is a you can theme.
1: Fans. They give you a PlayStation 4 theme, Imran. <laughs> Don't oh, about the, here's about the it. The what PS4 are you gonna do when apologies. they ignore
3: padopods? Anniversary Greg Dude, what are you going to do that
1: December uh, 10 year anniversary of the PlayStation Vita in Japan let's fucking go what are we doing? what do what? What are we do give me a I, play, you know what, give Greg? me a
3: PlayStation Vita keychain
0: someone <laughs> tells me you're going to be after one to throw the anniversary party for God damn it I'll do it fine it's the Vita. Thanos
1: thing I'll do it myself <laughs> I mean what I want is
2: just I want to go to Pizza Hut and get another demo disc and play <laughs> play Tony Hawk and God, play i awesome. and maybe play Brave Fencer Musashi let's bring back yes. that game I know back. that Brave Fencer.
0: They couldn't do this for like licensing reasons and it probably just wouldn't be worth it. But <laughs> how awesome would it be if they just released a demo disc and it had like Tony Hawk's pros get a remake, Fall of SC7, remake, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, like just like the that Tomb Raider thing we've been seeing. That would be like, so awesome. And it's, it's only those long. Cool. Like
2: the de- they're just the demos. Yeah, it's just that's
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I feel like Nintendo's the only ones that we get super stoked about re-releases because everything else is just kind of backwards compatible on a lot of stuff now. Yeah. Where with Nintendo, you know, we're getting, oh, the HD re-release of when's the Wind Waker one coming? That's what, and I think a lot of that is just due to their hardware limitations. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's kind of like, hey, we're giving you this thing, even though the on the other, you know, PlayStation and Xbox, you can just play those anyway because they're available. Um, yeah, because no other publishers really say, Oh, it's the 20th anniversary of Siphon Filter. Let's make a new Siphon Filter. Like, that just doesn't, that shit doesn't happen. You know, they're not bringing back old franchises. I don't want to be Gabe Logan. I don't
0: want to be Gabe Logan. But uh, Sega's always been pretty good about Sonic's uh, anniversary. Cause I remember for the 10th one, kind of, sometimes. But when there are, there have been anniversaries that are dope. Cause we got generations, yeah. one of Generations, them, and then,
3: then like the next, like five years later was. Forces, which is like maybe you didn't but quite. Also, Mania. <laughs> also, Mania, yes, Mania, true. Which is I all guess I did. don't.
2: I guess I didn't even really tie Mania to any sort of anniversary. It was just yeah. this new game, this new. They sort did. Of, it was the good Sonic logo
0: game. for Sonic, but I mean, even his tenth anniversary, that's when we got Adventure Two and Sonic Advance, which was the first time Sonic was on Nintendo. Yeah, it was an awesome game.
2: Sonic fans are wild, and man, I mean, they, they deserve <laughs> it. They deserve all the love, dude.
0: And it's Sonic's thirtieth this year. So Holy Sonic you, Adventure Remake, Sonic Adventure 3, let's see
3: They got something going. in the works. They've talked about it before and like, yeah, I assume something has to come out this year, except like obviously COVID reasons. But then there's the movie February, which is close enough for me to count it. The movie was, sequel. Oh. Next year. That's next yeah. year. Okay, yes. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. God, anniversaries that, are stupid. <laughs> they're all extreme. Like Mario's still, it's still technically Mario's anniversary now, right now until the end of this month when he dies.
0: Yeah.
2: Gotta love it. Well, isn't the the fifth... That's usually Mario Day, right? What what are we doing? Oh, no, wait. Mario Day was...
4: (laughs) March 10th,
2: sorry. March 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Mart- yeah. 10th is Mario. I don't know why I was thinking 3, 5, and then I was like, oh, that's only 2010, though. But I did but Super
4: Mario 35 is only available to the end of this month, and uh, the yeah. collection is only available to buy until the end of this month. Mario dies at the end of this month, like I'm running. Yeah. Well, done. for
1: March 10th, uh, it's going to be Blessing and Janet Garcia on Games Daily, and when I hit up Janet, I wasn't paying attention to Mario Day, and she says, okay, Mario Day, I'm going to go big. So I told Blessing he had uh, company permission to expense a Mario suit to wear. <laughs> Gonna, he's gonna, gonna do a donkey kong some bullshit <laughs> yeah dude oh, uh, Barrett, God, if you throw God. up the tweet i just did if everybody wants to go to my twitter account we can start we, i've started the ball rolling hey at usp and at Corsi 10th anniversary of vita in japan this year what are we doing to celebrate so hell yeah i, I got you tim thanks for the idea Thank we you. got this yeah that's why great. is
3: there not a donkey kong anniversary
1: like it's the 40th
3: ha-
0: anniversary of donkey wow. kong this year why haven't 30? they
3: released donkey kong 94 out on something modern all and, the donkey Kong country games uh, i guess we're on, Twitch on, more. on they are switch finally yeah. But that, I mean, is, that is
0: my biggest thing with this is uh, – because I've been, like, trying to rattle my brain of, like, why am I mad at Mario 3D All-Stars, but I, I want Pokemon to just fucking do the same thing that I was mad about before. Mario All-Stars, not 3D. Um, And the answer is it's just Nintendo does such a bad job of allowing you to play old games on new things. Even if I could have played the original Pokemon games on 3DS, you know, I still can. But it's like, why can't I on Switch – you know why can't we why don't we have just let me these are easy wins yeah exactly like these are such easy
3: wins Crash and Spyro sold so well, and like Mario 3D All-Stars sold so well. You could, if you want to, give something the full remake treatment, and it will sell well. If you don't want to do that, you could toss ROMs on a cart, and it will still sell really fucking well. So like, you have so many available paths to get this to people, and for people to give you money, I don't understand the hesitancy about so much of it. Like, in Anniversaries in general, not just Nintendo, like... Is is Sony going to acknowledge Scott, Sly Cooper when its time comes up? Probably not. But I I would love for a, a no, more modern Sly Cooper collection that includes four on it. Like is would it wouldn't it be cool if Microsoft for the twentieth uh, Halo anniversary to just put every big Xbox games on backwards compatibility? Like put Dead or Alive two, put Brute Force, put all that stuff on there. And like That's maybe a great idea, man. Like all that stuff would be good. And it's like. I'm not going to say it's trivial. I imagine it takes some work, but I'm sure it justifies the investment.
0: Yeah. I mean, I want Donkey Kong 94 on Switch. That'd be awesome. Oh, yes. That game rocked. It really, really did, man. Bum, God. Bum, bum, A lot bum, of anniversaries bum. this year. Resident Evil's 25th. Street Fighter 2's 30th. Dragon Quest 35th. Crash Bandicoot's 25th. Tomb Raider's 25th. It's like, damn, guys. It's Metroid's 35th. Imran, do we see something Metroid this year? See? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no. Not even the trilogy. Do you oh, think we'll get the trilogy I, on say
3: Switch? He says something Metroid. I bet we do get something Metroid this year. I don't think we get Prime 4.
2: Tim, here's the thing Metroid, you're getting. You can buy a
4: fucking pin and a magnet. Wow.
3: <laughs> That's a what magnet? you're getting. And That's here's what you're
2: getting reminder, to celebrate here, Samus.
4: Here are the old Metroid games on Super Nintendo uh, Online and regular Nintendo Online. There you go. They're still there. You can still, still play them. There. Here's a reminder. Fuck you. Buy Nintendo Switch Online. We don't care about our fans, is what they say. <laughs> Damn. But, but just like Metroid audio season. listeners with Andy.
1: <clears throat> and
3: Metroid Zero me. Mission on Switch Online somehow. Seriously. Like, literally, like that would be such a nice
0: gesture. Just figure that <laughs> out, <laughs> even.
3: But like, uh, I, I, like, if it's a
2: matter of spending, just look at the modding community who has put your games everywhere, you know? Like, this isn't a, a matter of capability, you know? It's just... These are just such easy wins and I don't understand their mindset whenever they are approaching these things that could just make the public happy, you know, because you're not putting out really much new shit anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. I just don't get it, man.
0: So what do we want with video game anniversaries? Put everything everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that, remind me of rebuy the the old stuff we had. (laughs) (laughs) With that, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Imran, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you are a patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames silver member or above, we're about to do the exclusive post show. So stay tuned for that. Until next time. Love you guys. Bye.